0: Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. I'm here with the coach, John Brent.
1: Man, and we're finally back with the vet, Mr. Ian Griffin. My God, it's been a month, two months, but it's been a long time since I heard that rocking guitar.
0: Yes, sir. Man, you you made those strings sound good when you did that. Uh,
1: uh, We got to get you to play a few more. Something. Yeah. What's been going on, everybody?
0: Jesus. So we we got some reoccurs here. We got Alan and we got Tom Krupp here. And uh, yeah, so, I'm going to tell you right
1: now, it's great to have Alan Bailey, hometown, Pittsburgh, Texas, with us. Uh, we've known him, you know, pretty much our whole lives. Uh, then uh, he went into the military with you guys. Y'all did all that great stuff. I just hung around and, you know, did stupid stuff. So it's great to have Alan here. Alan, tell me what's been going on.
2: Man, and I don't know. It. I've been waiting on y'all to come back on the air, so it gives me something to do.
1: <laughs> something to do. <laughs> We can't
2: all run off to Florida and Mexico like y'all can. Come
1: on now. <laughs> well, look at that. There,
2: there's the sound of freedom right there. That it is. When things fires, that's freedom right there. That was one of my – I love that. We were at the National Training Center out in California, and we were shooting uh, high-angle high angle missions right there. That's nothing better in life than to shoot them things right there. That's the greatest life there is. You miss yes. it? I miss that. I don't miss the putting on the uniform every day. No more. I missed it for about the first 30 days. I I had to figure out what to put on every day. But after that, I'm happy with retirement.
1: Well, this being close to independence day, man, all three of you guys, thank you so much for your service. I mean, we love the freedom that we have, but it sure takes
0: something. Alan, I'm going to say this. Thank you for, uh, whenever we needed that lead rain to come down you poured it on it for us. We appreciate that for rain. sure. They say y'all call will deliver. That's right. So some of y'all may know we had Tom Krupp on here before and, uh, everybody on the cast knows him and, uh, the, the esteemed author is back, but, uh, he's got some good news about his family and, uh, man, it's good to see you again, Tom. It's just been a while.
3: Well, thanks for having me back guys. For sure. Lo- love it. Love what you're doing. Congratulations on this uh, series continues, and, and Alan, I'll tell you what we love our, our artilleryman—that's for sure. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah.
3: Uh, although I don't love the NTC, but hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, thanks. Um, you know, we just got back uh, from from Benning. You know, so uh, yeah. Well, the, the, there it is, right there. So I have to say, you know, Gunner. Uh, my youngest now is on um, active duty, and you know he got through basic training, and then he uh, he got through airborne school um, right before the Fourth of July. So, got to brag a little bit, little little bit of daddy bragging. I'm uh this uh, this airborne daddy is super super proud. That's for sure. As he should be. <laughs> As, As it he should be. No 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 injuries. So you know, so he he actually uh, signed in. Um, today, just a couple hours ago, uh, at Fort Bragg. So he's at the 82nd Replacement right now, and and things are going to heat up here for him. I'm sure. Yeah. Hell yeah, All
0: American. That is what I'm talking about. Can't be more prouder than that. And uh, so for John, for for you to know, they're the first ones to get called, first ones uh, of the active divisions. They're the the nation's uh, security blanket or the nation's nine one one. And uh, so I'm going to throw this picture. Do you know those guys right here? I don't know who the hell those guys are.
1: There's <laughs> yeah. a skinny guy on the left.
3: Man. Yeah. What, what do you think of that right there? I, I I, I thought for sure this was from the 80s, actually. <laughs> 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 like, who are it was like
2: 86, 87.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are those parachute pants I got on? I
0: don't know. <laughs> we looked so good. We should have been in a freaking boy band or some shit. I mean,
1: uh, where were y'all at?
0: That was in a uh, uh, that was in Dettelbach, uh which is close to Kitskin, where Tom yeah. and I was stationed. Yeah, and yeah,
3: uh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah we go there, drink some wine or beer, eat some bratwurst, hang yeah. out with the families, and is a great life. That
3: was a long it, You know, it it feels like it wasn't so long ago, sorry, Major, but uh, but it, it probably was. <laughs>
0: I concur on that. It seems like yesterday, but I know it wasn't yesterday. So anyway, I'm going to throw it over to the coach because I think it's time to kick it off.
1: Well, I want to make sure that I ask this question and I ask it, you know, mostly to you three guys, because Independence Day to to a lot of people that uh, what what we call civilians, uh, a lot of times it is different based on, you know, you know, fireworks and barbecues and getting the family together. But one of the things I do want us all to think about with the independence day that we have is what it really meant to me. I wanted to do it really quick and shoot you guys is the time that it happened when we were coming back to the continental convention, it was a time that the country really could have fell apart. And when they came back to do that, it was at a point where they had to make a decision. Do we try to fix this article as a confederation, which was really falling apart or do we do something new And the new meant that they were putting themselves on a line uh, signing a death warrant. I mean, if, when they put their names, if they put their names on this page saying that we want to become independent from great Britain, uh, their families' lives were, were, were at stake. So those five guys that got together in that room and beat it all together that, you know, we always read what Thomas Jefferson wrote, but those five guys in that committee had to really Know, put something together, and it's a great thing for us to be independent. And what does that mean to me? You know, what I'm gonna let you guys say it first, I'm I'm gonna finish up with you, you know, at, at the end because you guys, when I say this, I hardly go anywhere. I love that people wear hats, you can say I'm a veteran of this and that, so you can walk up and talk to those people. And one of the greatest things, like I've said before, is they always say, No, thank you. I mean, you guys are not only you know, sacrifice for us, but are so humble in doing it. So, Tom, I want to ask you first, and then I'll go to Alan and then finish up with the vet. When you think of Independence Day, what what do you think of and what does it mean to you as someone that has served the country, someone that sacrificed many years being away from the country and, and your family?
3: Yeah. You know, John, you know, you're, uh, you're, your thoughts are like exactly – if, if I think of the 4th of July and, you know, and I, and I try to at least once a year, <laughs> you know, those same ideas are exactly kind of what, uh, what, what I think about. Cause um, you, you know, to me, it's a, it's a celebration of, you know, our, our exit, you know, from England. Right. And so I think a lot of that gets lost and, and I don't think it's, it's reflected on it's, it, it, it to me, it's almost, it seems there's a commercialization to it. Right. And, um, you know, like you said, you don't go out and, and do a lot of things. I, I had a great 4th of July, um, with, uh, you know, seeing my son down at Benning, of course, and, and, uh, and he was actually on lockdown, so he, he could even leave the barracks. So <laughs> so there's that. But, uh, you, you know, um, you know, watching the fireworks in the neighborhoods and, and things around here because it's legal in Kentucky um, still. Right. Um, you, you know, it, it makes me think about I, I guess I can't help but think about what, um, what what everyone else is doing and how we're celebrating this thing. And I, I couldn't help but, you know, I'm, I'm weird because I look things up, right? I'm like, how much are we spending on like fireworks? Like what and, and where did that start? Like what's the point of it, right? And I found this really strange thing that um, 95% of our fireworks come from China and it comes from one dude. There's this guy and his name is Ding Yang Zong, and they call him Mr. Ding and he is the one guy in China that controls like all the fireworks in the world. This one guy. It's uh, uh, it was amazing to me. Uh, right. So thanks, Mr. Ding, for all of our fireworks. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> Let's be thankful for that. But no, I, I think you're spot on, John. And, um, you know, those are things that we should reflect on, you know, how this country started. And I think that, that gets lost in some of the some of the stuff that we do.
1: Yeah. And when I talk to my students about it, you know, and I look at and try to explain what the Declaration of Independence meant that be independent at that time. I kind of give them an analogy of it's kind of like a breakup letter to your girlfriend. And these are the 27 reasons I'm breaking up with you because you know, we had 27 grievances saying, this is why we're leaving you King. So this is why I'm leaving you, you know, filling the blank girlfriend, these things that you did wrong that I'm not going to allow anymore. Now I want to be by myself and I want to be independent. You know, Alan, I know you've been with, you know, you've been with your wife, girlfriend since, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. So you never had a breakup letter, but, Hey, what is what does it mean to be independent for you, Alan?
2: You know, when before I went in the military, you know, 4th of July was like, you know, hey, it's time we're going to get together with friends, watch fireworks, cook out. You know, but once I went into the military, you know, it, it kind of took a whole different meaning to me. And then for fi- the first 15 years, you know, I was in the first 15 years, we didn't do anything. We trained, we fought the the nasty, or oh, whatever it was, we were fighting the, uh, the made up country that we went and fought every train and every training area we went to. And uh but then, yeah, yeah, that's him right there. We even had fake maps for him. Uh, but then when I then when we started going into Iraq and Afghanistan and to have a person in Iraq that could barely speak English, come up and tell us, you know, thank you for freeing us from Saddam. So that made me just really think, well, how much did the people? You know, when we separated from England, how much those people really loved the fact that they were not under that king anymore. Because to go to Iraq and have them tell us that, go to Afghanistan and I hear it from them, it makes us really look back and 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 be grateful for what we have in the United States. Because a lot of people don't realize how great we got it here. We get to mouth off. You you the mouth off during when Saddam about you didn't like Iraq. You didn't like you ain't got to you okay, you ain't got to worry about it because you ain't gonna be alive no more. At least here, you can just run your mouth about how much you hate the United States. Turn Absolutely. your back on, turn your back to the flag during the national anthem, even if you're going to represent our country in the Olympics. Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna acknowledge the flag while it's going up. But you, what we fought for that right for her to do that. We fought for the right for people to to walk on the flag, to burn the flag. So you know, I, I'm just grateful for what we're what we can do in the, in this country. Actually, especially I just seen it in in Iraq and Afghanistan, how. I mean, tied down they were. They can't do nothing. They were. I mean, they were scared to do anything, but how grateful they were for us to come in and and free them from the uh, Saddam Hussein's rule. That that really made me really look back and see how good we got at the United States.
1: Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. In the last few weeks, I've seen a couple of posts on Facebook for people that uh, are a little bit fed up with with some of the rhetoric that you're talking about. Both them, are, one of them grew up in in, in Belize. And another one grew up. Their parents grew up, I believe, in the Philippines. And she actually grew up here and had a great post about it. It's it's always uh, makes me uh, understand a little bit more when people from other places that came here. They really understand what we have here more than a lot of people that live here, because I don't know if it's just being spoiled or the grass always green on the other side type issues that people have. But I think a lot of people don't appreciate what we have here. Uh, like I say it all the time, nobody's. Flo- I mean, everybody's floating rafts, crossing rivers, crossing borders to come here. We're not making a mass exit from the United States, going to these other places that you're 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 propping up, which you don't really prop up by name. You're just putting us down. You know, vet. I mean, it's really frustrating to me. Uh, I, I say it all the time. We live in the greatest country in the world at the greatest time in the history of the world. Uh, to to be to nobody. I mean. The majority of the people aren't starving to death. The majority of people have, you know, just think about running water and things like that. The majority of those people have those things. It's not just a ruling class. So, you know, when you think of it, that being 30 years in you're from the same town as, as, Alan and I grow up, fortulize, you know, usually firecrackers at the football field. But when you go across the world, what do you think about when you think about independence?
0: Well, So what I got here, I had to turn those on for you anyway. I saw that come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been to a lot of countries in almost every single country I've been in. When you step foot there, you can either see it in their eyes or they convey it through their words. One of the two. But I'll give a great example. My first deployment to Desert Storm. I go there. And I meet an Egyptian guy and I wrote about this in a Friday Thought to ponder. I think it was, or America deserves better. One of the two anyway, and I go there and we're exchanging money. And as he leaves and this is in desert shield, right before we go across the border for desert storm, he looked, turns around, looks at me, he says, Egypt, number two, America, number one. And I'm sitting there going, I would never utter words like that against my country ever because of the pride that I have been in the military. And just when I was in Liberia, my very last deployment, which was not a combat zone, but it was a humanitarian effort. These guys were riding around myself and one of my staff sergeant majors who happened to be from Nigeria. And they were riding around us and they were kind of circling us. And the kid in the back goes, I want to be like you. I want to come to America and be a soldier like you. And I looked at him and he goes, Sergeant Major, every one of these guys here, he said, that's how I was. That was me. Just when I came in, I wanted to go to America and become a soldier because I knew that meant freedom. And then the last part I'll say on just the good things of it, that part right there, if you go to Senegal, the very western point in Africa, at Dakar, there's an island off of it, on the island is where people in Africa put slaves on the boat, or they went to the other side because they were sick and they fell off a cliff. But right before you go on the Island, there's a statue where the guy with a baby and the baby is pointing West to New York city where there's hope. And the wife is grabbing the guy's leg with her hand back toward Africa, clinging onto that. And what better interpretation is that about America? We don't have statues for that for any other country in America, you know, So with me, that's just some of the examples of that I've run into. And some of the cool things, and I'll give you another example. My wife brought it up today. Germany has brought all troops out of Afghanistan. Not a single dignitary welcomed them home. Not a single dignitary. But guess what? Germany, and Tom Krupp will smile when I say this, but Germany's soccer team just lost and all the communities were embracing the heck out of them, the flippers, because Soccer is more important in Germany besides beer. You know, other than that, there is nothing else that's important besides that. So America having national pride, what is wrong with that? And I, I would like to t- address what's been going on uh, in the news with some of our far left reaching people that's described. I just want to talk about one of them. And that's a uh, Cory Bush, who is representative from the St. Louis district in Missouri. You know, when they say the Fourth of July is about American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land was stolen and black people still aren't free. So this land was stolen. If you study history, when did we steal the land? We fought the, the Brits for and we took 13 colonies all the way to the west to the Mississippi River. We bought the Louisiana Purchase from the French. We bought Florida from the Spaniards. We bought Oregon from Spain as well that they, they succeeded it to us. they handed it to us. We bought Texas outright after they had beat the Mexicans and after it came from Spain to begin with. We purchased Alaska from Russia and we annexed Hawaii. Now, Now, I'm not saying the Americans have never done anything wrong toward Native Americans. We sure the hell did. That's a fact. But this idea that we came in and we were the only country that ever stole some damn land. We acquired it legally by the common laws of the time and the period of the day. Some other people may have stole it before us, which that's a fact, but but we acquired it from them through a transaction of some sort, whipping their ass or buying it or succeeding it to us. When it comes to the second part, invoking racism in there, we have a secretary of defense currently that's black. We have a vice president that is black. We have a president for eight years that is black. She, the congresswoman, is black. The mayor for her town, that's the district of, is black. The police commissioner is black. Where have they been held down? I'm just asking that question because I'm calling bullshit and I'm calling hyperbole on this and I call an attitude on this. And what I used to say to soldiers with attitudes, we used to have a uniform, we had two buttons on the back. Tom and Alan know those. And I tell them to put that attitude in the back and wash it out when you do laundry and we'll all be better because we'll all understand things a lot better. But that's just me on that. It's the greatest country there was. You know, we wasn't perfect and everything, but we're sure damn better than everybody else has been so far. That's just my thoughts, Coach.
1: Hey, Well, I'll tell you what. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, I, I love this country so much. It's, uh, it's an emotional time when I talk about it to, to my students, when I talk about it in public, when I talk about it to my kids. It's, it's, it's like I don't know where in the world anybody that lives here would rather go and I don't say it to be mean, like, go find that spot. Literally tell me where that spot is, because if there's some utopian place better than this, man, I'm going to I'm cashing in stocks. I'm selling the house and I'm going to that place because this place to me seems like uh, heaven on earth. Uh, yes, we've had problems. We freed ourselves. When we had issues. We, we took care of ourselves and we've stood up for the world, for democracy. The only thing I want to say about what it means to me as a civilian and just as a person that loves America so much is at that time and even even for decades after just to be in control of your own destiny was a huge thing, not only for the founders, but also for those first guys hitting that frontier for the first hundred years. Man, just go out there and create something. Find a new place. Go find the gold. Move west, young man. Go past the Appalachians. Go to Texas. I mean, wherever you want to go, go do something, but don't be held down by a church. Don't be held down by a religion. Don't be held down by the king. You go do you and you can still go do you now. We have got more freedoms for more kinds of people. I mean, ABC, LGBTQ, ABC, e, It doesn't even matter who you are. You can go do what you want to do. So to tell me today that you don't have the freedom to experience the independence that our founders started is bullshit and an excuse. And we're tired of hearing it. So, or at least I'm tired of hearing, and I can hear y'all guys are, are too. Especially the vet, be be pissed off every once in a while. It's okay.
0: Yeah, I'm tired of hearing it, Coach. That's damn right. But anyway, I'll go to. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll just say this. I think I echo what everybody said. Is this is the greatest country in the world? I've been to like thirty different countries. Okay, and I can tell you honestly, uh, I've had fun in each one of those countries, and I've had some heartaches in some of those countries too but I can honestly say that they don't get no better than this. And and just there's some YouTube videos out. Just watch the differences between Germany where my wife's from in America. I couldn't do anything I've done with any one of my cars in Germany. You can't even put tent on a window in Germany because when you buy it and register it, it has to be bought and registered with saying it already had tent on it. You can't do those things. You can't upgrade your car at all. Whatsoever. That's just something small, you know, or as we know, In Germany, a radio or a TV, you got to pay an annual tax on it, and they count them. They count them things, you know, in your house and all that other stuff. So it's just some unique things. Germany's a pretty darn good country right now, but it ain't like it is here where I don't have to explain to you why I'm doing things, you know. So I'll I'll throw it over to Tom and Alan. They got anything left on this thing here.
3: No, I mean, I agree. I mean, you can – all your guys' sentiments you can echo going through it. Every country, and, and and I hear this with 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 young people too, and it's and I think it's just about the experience, right? If you haven't been outside the United States or you haven't seriously studied uh, another country, because you don't have to leave it to, to know what's going on. Um, but just you're right. Look look at the laws, look at the freedoms that you have here, and there's no comparison. And you know the quickest country, you know that, that I would think of is. Comparable, you know, you look at some place like, like you said, um, you know, um, England, Australia, you know, a place like this that is as close to America as you can get, except one, there's still a monarchy going on, which is the whole reason why why we left in the first place, right? That's the closest one. So it's like, what happened, right there? You know what what progression was made anywhere across this planet, except the, in the United States, when it comes to um, you know the freedoms that that we enjoy. And so, I was waiting for you though to say, uh, Sergeant Major, that uh, you know we actually gave Mexico back to Mexico. Was was that a mistake? I mean, when we took over Mexico City, I mean, we gave it back to them. I don't understand why why we did that. Will that solve all our problems now that you guys have over in Texas and that whole border crisis? Yeah,
0: yeah, we're going to hit that border crisis here in a minute. I don't tell you that right now, so we're going to hit that here in just a few minutes. That's that's next on the docket, but that's crazy. Well, I'll I'll leave it be because there there's several places that we've been in that we just turned it right back over to them. You know, I mean, throughout history, and we've been, you know, the manifest destiny came along, and then we said. Well, we can't conquer the world. Let's let's back off of that a little bit, and let's let's just stick to our confines and start handing stuff back over. So, anyway, Alan, you got anything? I apologize.
2: Uh, I think everybody covered it. I mean, I mean after after coming from little old Pittsburgh, Texas, and getting to go see the world, you know, I've been to Germany, and hey, Germany was great. I mean, you're right; you can only do certain things, but I mean, it's still a lot better than it is in Iraq or Afghanistan. And I'm gonna tell you. I would hate to live in either one of those countries as a, as a citizen of that country. I'm going to tell you, cause they're, they're miserable. And I mean, one, they don't have air condition. I mean, that's awful. I mean, the only air conditioning that was over there is what we had on the boat po- on the little wherever, whatever little outpost you were on. So there's no air conditioning, and their temperatures. I mean, if it's 110 here, it's 155 there. So, I mean, that's probably why they're so angry because it's so freaking hot. But, uh, We've got it made. And I mean, I hope I hope America can can realize that and, and start appreciating what we got instead of just complaining about the way they think it should be.
0: Yeah, I, I said a saying the other day is those who like immigrants or served in the military or been abroad or studied it or has experienced it and seen other cultures understand that freedom is 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 something that should be cleaned onto but there's a lot of people in America that have never experienced any of those things. And so they're pampered and they don't realize what freedom truly is, but the ones wanting to come over purely, truly crave it. Think about down South. We're going to cover the border in a minute, but you just think about that. Hey, I'm willing to go 900 miles and and put my kids possibly dying by coming to this border. You know, we, we, I don't see any Americans doing that to any other country. I I just throw that out there. Go ahead, coach. Um,
1: well, last thing I'll say on this is you're right. The perception is about our country is totally different than the perception of a lot of people in the world that are saying, hey, they're raising their kids, they're saving money, they're doing whatever they can to have that one shot at the freedom that we put down as a nation a lot of time. We have a whole generation of people putting that down, but these people are saving, doing whatever they can to come here. And I and, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but I don't know anyone that I know, and, and and I've, I've, I've waited for 20 years. I haven't met anybody that's saving money to go to another place that they consider better than the United States. And all day long, you hear people talking about, well, you can understand why they don't salute the flag and understand because it's still a racist and all these things. And we've progressed so far from that that you mean, you have to make up racial issues a lot of time to have a race problem. And it's it's absolutely mind blowing that the progression that we've made from 1860 1860. To now, and you still want to bring up all these other things that put the country down instead of we're the ones that, you know, saved ourselves. We're the ones that freed ourselves. And then we freed most of the world with the help of our allies. And still, you want to put us down and think there's some great utopia that you can create by taking away the freedom that America gave you. Coach, I agree. Uh,
0: there's a bunch of negative Nancy's out there. And as the Eagles, when they came back, they had a song called. Get over it, get over it, and move forward, you know, because at the bottom line is, is they're trying to create a vision in America because that panders to a certain party. And so I think we, we beat this down pretty good. Happy birthday America. And every day should be celebrated as independence day because it's damn good and America looks good. So I'm going to throw a quick, quick venue here real quick. Hey, come stop by our place and buy some crap. We need it. Uh, because it supports us here. And uh, it says uh, www.coachinthevet.com And uh, this is how we keep our podcast going. Buy a drink. Yeah, Coach got one there. I got a hat. And, you know, so it helps us out. We get a couple pennies off of it, and it pays for our our our, our broadcasting. So moving along, we're going to talk about the border crisis. You know, the border crisis where we only had 170,000 people cross the border in the month of April and May illegally, illegally. They crossed it 170,000. It's at a 20 year high. And this current administration has failed to address it, admit to it or whatever you want to call it. And you know, uh, the vice president was tagged on day one to be the border czar. And just a couple weeks ago, she finally graced herself down to the great city of El Paso, Texas, which is Beto O'Rourke's old stomping grounds down there. And she went down there and didn't even go to the border. She went to the town, stepped on the tarmac, talked to a few people behind closed doors, and called it a day. She did not even go to McAllen, Texas, where the center point of the major issues are at, or even within 500 miles of it. So that's my first thing. And, uh, and you know, would she have even gone if number 45 didn't say, hey, I'm about to go down there? I don't know. And 46, the current president, has not been down there. So that's how I'm going to start this off a little bit. And the first thing I am going to say is um, the governor of Texas has kind of decided to step in a little bit and say. The federal government ain't doing it, I'm going to work this, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But first thing I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask Tom, do you think this administration, when they first came on board, uh, fostered the migration influx? by their, by their campaign rhetoric and things of that nature. Just give me your thoughts on all that and such. So go ahead.
3: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh (laughs) Well, I I, I see you probably have opinion. Do you own property on the border by the way, Sergeant Major? Do you?
0: (laughs) I wish I did.
3: (laughs) Okay. I want to, I want to hit you up on that because I have a plan to resolve all this the, the whole situation. I can fix it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. I want to hear that one. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. I threw it out there. But yeah, I heard you guys got a little issue down there um, that your governor declared a disaster on the uh, first of last month, right? June. And um, uh, so, uh, and then I heard that he's going to build the wall himself or yep. with, with your guys' money?
0: With the state of Texas money. And that part there, I've heard some left-winging people say, why would I ever vote for him? He waited this long to do it. Uh, because that's the federal job, federal government's responsibility. That's why he waited. I'm sorry. Just throwing it out there. And there was money appropriated to it by Congress. And where's that money going? And where's the investigation for that? And would not we impeach the last president for doing something like that? Yes, we would. But anyway, that's just me. Go ahead, Tom.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, But I also heard that it's being crowdfunded. So I want to know if you've donated yet to it. You know, I am one of the
0: few that did not. I have not. I, I, I've let it go by me. And, uh, but I already heard that he, uh, yes, the crowdfunding part, he asked for so much and he's already got three quarters of it, like within a
3: week. I, I know. So I figured that you must might like, uh, you get your disability over to him or something.
0: I got to get my credit card out. Hell yeah. My, uh,
3: <laughs> but what a crazy, what a crazy state of affairs, right? How can you have a government that doesn't ha- protect, well, let's say doesn't, but a, uh, a border protection, right? I mean, people are still arguing whether or not there should be a wall. And I just want to invite, and of course I don't live in Texas, but I'd like to invite anybody to, you know, go ahead and move down to the border and decide if they are in favor or not of having a border. Uh, yeah, just live there a couple of days and, uh, and see what you think. I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty, um, uh, Oh, it's kind of a litmus test. Right. And yeah, so, so
0: go on a farmhouse down there where uh, people are you wake up and people in your barn are stuff right. being stolen, like on a daily basis, not like once a year, like on a daily basis. So,
3: you know, so. exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, you could listen to uh, there's podcasts out there, folks that, that are down there and they talk about, you know, finding finding bodies in the ditch outside their place. You know, mailbox, don't even put it out because the mailbox will be destroyed, rifled through every single day. Why even bother to have a mailbox? I mean, and so um, these, you know, I, I yeah, I, I think a disaster is in order. I mean, I, I think that's, um, you know, we can talk about the political, you know, whys and is it a ploy? Would it, you know, would, you know, is the governor ever really gonna be able to build a private, not private, but a state wall? Is there enough money for it? And we can talk about the funding and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think o- overall there's um I mean, there's just so much political stuff that has to get peeled back, and and I think all people want is a solution to a problem. That's a that's a huge problem. And it's not just a problem we're talking about trespassing, and and things and criminal activity. No, you know, I, I think all of us understand that. And just what uh, what Coach had said, people are trying to come here. This is a refugee crisis. This is a this is a humanitarian crisis. Like, why is everyone coming here? what is going on in your countries? And what are we doing to help, you know, th- those folks, right? And so, uh, you know, the ways to, ca- you know, resolve that, you know, what, you know, what, what can we do? But at some point, these other countries have to be held accountable. I mean, it's starting in their countries. It's not starting here, right? I mean, that's clear. So you know, how do we hold a- another country accountable? Uh, and it's not just Mexico's problem. They're coming from you know, I mean, there's a list of most, you know, likely places where folks come from. Who knows if it's it's accurate or not. But, you know, some of these Central American countries, for instance, are sending, uh, you know, just have horrible, they're horrible places to live. Right. There's rampant disease, criminal activity, and nobody wants to raise a kid there. Right. I mean, it seems like. And so, um, you know, what, what are we doing to help? And I think, uh, I think when we pulled, you know, the. Jungle Warfare School and stuff out of Panama. That was the that, that that was the imminent collapse of all this stuff. I think it'd all be traced back to the Army leaving uh Panama. So <laughs> there's my initial thoughts.
1: <laughs> uh oh, you're on mute.
0: Coach, you were gonna say something. I'm sorry.
1: Well, one of the things that came to mind when while well, he's talking about it before I throw it over to Alan is it's it's kind of like if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And I think that's one of the things that this administration is what it feels like, is if we don't send people down there, we don't talk about it. We don't make it a talking point. Yes, we know it's going on. It's been going on for 30 years. That's I've heard people say, well, it's been going on for the last four or five presidents. So why do you think this was going to do anything different? And Why are you putting it on Biden this early? Well, one of the things that Harris said when Trump was president, if I remember out on the trail was people come. Come on. We want people to come here. And then she goes down to South America three or four weeks ago and looks like a deer in a freaking headlight and said, stop coming. I mean, it's because you went from running a campaign and now you're trying to run a country. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You You do realize it's a problem that you can't solve by just using words. But for her to go to El Paso and hang out with that idiot and not actually go to McAllen or to Brownsville or someplace where there's actually a border and see people coming across hand out some waters, talk to some people, get an interpreter, talk to some people that the cowies are dropping off at the freaking border and saying, where did you come from? Honduras. What's going on down there? How can we help? What can we do? You want to do something different and look different than even President Trump. Get on the ground and do something. But to go to El Paso and be on a tarmac and have another, you know, Clinton meeting. What was it? Rice on the tarmac kind of conversation. We don't even know what it was about is it's it's at best it's to control your base to say look she tried to do something and then to show the right well there's nothing that can be done anyway your president couldn't do it either now one of the things I will say is at least Abbott I mean I I, there was times I thought Abbott was not presidential or not even a governor but in the last few months he's stepped up and done some things it's like wow I wish any president would do these things. To get people together and, and actually try to, to to have an issue to go or have a have a way to solve the issue, bringing in other states and and, and talking about building you know a wall on the border and doing things about it, creating a a, a, a sense of urgency. That's what's what I said. It's out of sight, out of mind. These people aren't doing anything. That it's absolutely embarrassing that we have a border in the south. That we have there's 110,000 people in Tyler, Texas. That's how many came across last month. If you ever been in Tyler, Texas, you can't even drive in this place anymore. There's so many people. We had 110,000 people illegally cross our border last month.
0: Coach, I, I agree. I'm going about to throw it over to Alan, but I, I, some points that Tom brought up. I'm going to ask this question here. You know, America's mantra, because it's on the Statue of Liberty, "Bring us your week, meek, and all this other stuff," for 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 my uh, immigrants to come to our country. That's the that's the mindset that a migrant has came. So to me, that instantly has to make it a federal issue. Da, 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 da. But if Governor Abbott builds this wall, that's a Texas wall, and that's not a federal wall no more. And that right there, no matter what the federal government wants to do, can't touch that damn son of a bitch, if you ask me, once we built it with our dollars. That creates dilemma. And I'm not into the far right or left-leaning leaning things here, but... You know, you you said it also, Coach. The governor's got Florida to give fifty state police, Idaho five state police, Iowa thirty state police, Nebraska twenty-five state police, South Carolina three hundred national guardsmen, Arkansas forty national guardsmen. That's supposed to be the work of the president, not the governor. That's exactly. Supposed, that's supposed to be the work of the president through the conduit of the Pentagon to deal with that and with FEMA, and that right there. The president is sitting on the sideline because he has not been in the border and Kamala Harris truly has not really been to the border either. She's just been to El Paso, Texas, which aligns on the border, but not where she went. Neither one of them have been there, but the governor's been there several times. You got a guy in a wheelchair riding a freaking, uh, 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 a boat down the freaking Rio Grande from time to time. Dude, I, I don't know. I'm just envisioning FDR here. I, I'm just sitting there saying that, that, My hat's off to him. And I agreed. Not everything I agreed with Abbott. But I got to throw it over to Alan here. Alan, do you think this current administration, um, do you think they fostered all this with their campaign promises? That's one. And two, do you think they're doing enough to slow this down at all?
2: You know, well, I listen to y'all. I got educated just sitting here listening to you three. But uh, I, I have nothing against the wall. I mean, we told you how to come here legally, do the steps and come on in. Even if we put a wall, we, we ain't walling it all off. There's still going to be an entry point, do the right thing. Come on in, you know, and I know this probably ain't answering the question that Ian asked, but you know, when I would, when I was in, we went to Montana to fight fires and we had a, each, each team, we had a civilian that went with us. that was a firefighter. And the one we had was from California. And so me and him would talk every day when we were climbing the mountains above helicopters and airplanes. And he told me what he did in California is he had inmates that they went out and used inmates to fight their fires in California. And they took them out and they had, you know, firefighters with the teams to help that. You know, it it sounded like a pretty good idea to me. We got plenty of inmates in the state of Texas. We ain't got to pay for no labor. We can tell them down there and let them build the wall. I guarantee you there's some welders, there's some bulldoze operators. And I guarantee you, if you tell a guy that's in prison, hey, we're gonna let you out to work. And if you get down here and you build this wall, we might take some time off of your time. I guarantee you, we can get the labor part covered. You know, we might we still gotta build materials, but we can do that. And you know, the president, you know, when he ran up or when he ran, he said. One of the deals, I heard him say, hey, we're going to fix the the problem in Texas. We're going to fix the border of all the people trying to cross the border. You know, if we put as much stock into protecting our borders as we did protecting Iraq's borders and Afghanistan's borders, we wouldn't have a problem here. And we sent guys over there to die. We sent guys over there to die for another country. And we ain't doing it here. Now, I ain't saying sending guys down to... The border to die because I don't think we have a whole lot of deaths down there. I'm pretty sure we can put enough tanks down there that we can protect the guys working. But we, we gotta we gotta protect our border. Protect we already we told you how to come here. We told you the paperwork you got to do. I'm gonna tell you and it kind of goes back to the other deal the, the other conversation we had at the first of the podcast you know I had soldiers there's there's guys that moved to the United States the right of way join our military to get their citizenship. And they deployed, they went to Iraq with us, Afghanistan with us. And I had one. He went and got his citizenship. And he told me, he told me, he said, first sergeant, you know, y'all take for granted what y'all have in the United States. And we're taking for granted that the, they'll eventually just stop coming. No, they're not going to stop coming. They've been... I think John said 20, 30 years, brother, I, I'm almost, it's been going on way longer than that. And, and the, the, the deporting thing, I, you know, I don't think that's going to help it, but we got to stop it at the border. We got to stop it. there. Put the wall up. If, if we got to fund it through Texas, that's fine. We got enough States that are going to help us because they're coming through Texas and they're spreading out to the other States. That's why they're wanting to help us.
0: Alan, I'll say this is, is, uh, when I was stationed at Fort Hood as a young soldier, 62nd engineers used to go out to Arizona every year, build 16 walls, 16 miles of wall every year, the engineers did. And I had to go send support as a maintenance guy. I'd send contact teams out there to help support them. They go for 9 day rotation every year. That was under the Clinton administration. You know, we all want to act like we're all holier now. We're too clean to ever do something like that. My ass has been going on for years, like everybody has said. And I have a theory on this, and now I'm going to get it back on some questions here. But I do have a theory that each administration has allowed this to be as ugly as it can be on purpose because Congress will not get off their ass and pass any form of immigration legislation that will get all the way to the president to be signed. That is just my personal opinion. It's happened under the Bush administration. It's happened under the Obama administration. It happened under Trump, and now it's happening right now. If we let it be as ugly Maybe enough people will get pissed off about it. And then Congress, because Congress is petrified of it. They're petrified of it because they know it is a disaster. Depending on which way they go, it could, it suicidal politically. So if you let it be as ugly as you can get it, then it might move. I don't know. That's just my thought. Go ahead, coach.
1: Well, I just don't know how the, the, the argument or, or the issue has become, so negative, like if you want to protect the border, if you want people to come here illegally, you're considered to be racist or or you're against some creed of our country. I mean, every president, including Obama, his first first, uh, state of the union had said, we do not want you coming here illegally. We only want you coming here legally. And every president prior that said the same thing. And then President, of course, Trump, you know, was tough and wanted to build a wall. But because of President's Trump rhetoric, I, I'm assuming that I thought I can get is the liberal side of the Democratic Party has looked at every single time that you bring up building a border or excuse me, building a wall or securing a border or, or creating a security at, that is considered to be a racist or, or anti-immigrant uh, situation, which that's not what it is to me. That's what it is, not what it is to most people. It's like Alice said, you you have borders across this world. That are secure in Iraq and other places, but for some reason here to do that is it's it's a bad thing, and I don't know how it turned that way over a period of four or five years, but it did because everybody wanted a secure border and everybody wanted people to come here legally, and now we're like half the country says we don't even care if they come here illegally.
0: Well, Coach, I'll say this is um, this right here. They've turned it bad just like they turned supporting the American flag bad. Who would have ever thought that 20 years ago? Ever, ever would have thought of that. In the last 200 years, nobody would have ever said supporting the American flag has got to be bad. They've turned that because this is a turn and, and they invoke racism or whatever you want to invoke with it with it because it pulls a certain part portion of the party. And the second part is the word racism. When you throw that out there, It's intended nowadays. It wasn't originally when it's definition, but nowadays it's intended to be a conversation ender. I say this word, I ended your conversation. I'm higher than you because I brought it out of my mouth. You're lower than me because you didn't agree with what came out of my mouth. When it ain't even racism at all. It's ignorance. Using the word racism is what it is. So I see the same thing with the border is we got to throw that out there that if you want to build a wall, you're you're being racist or egotistical or whatever, but I'm gonna throw the word racism because that will end the conversation and I look better than you in it, is is all that is. And, and you said this one time before, coach, and I'll say this. You said this about two todd casts back, which is about two and a half months ago now. But you said this is both sides want the same thing. We want people to be protected when they come up. We want quality people to come to our that need to that, that are trying to come here because of some adversity. And welcome with open arms. We just want it done the right way. Both sides want that end result. But we want to throw politics and throw the R word in there and everything else. And and I look at my wife and we watch some of the news. Like when the the kid dropped was dropped over that was like four years old. And she looks at me. Or when the little boy that's eight years old crying because the, the coyotes left him there to die, you know. She goes, yeah, that's not their fault. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's definitely not those kids' fault. They're innocent victims in all this, you know. So I, I gotta throw it toward the end here, though. And I got to get this in here. The question I'm gonna throw out here real quick, and I'm gonna throw it's two part. Do you think the president is acting more president? I mean, do you think Governor Abbott's acted more presidential by conglomerating all these states together to get it done than the current administration? That's the first part. And do you think the current administration is basically scared of this PR nightmare? And I'll throw it to whoever wants to go first. So,
1: Tom, what do you think about that?
3: Yeah. Well, coach, you know, i uh sorry, Major, of course. Um, you, you know, it's got to be a team effort. It's not just Texas. And so, I mean, that's, I, I think that's clear. I mean, if you've got a whole border there, you know, on, on both sides, although, it, you know, there's not a lot of Canadians, I don't think, coming down. But um, there's just not a lot of people up there. That's the thing, right? Just it's not, it's not, there's not as so many people. So, um, no, I, I mean, I think you're right. Uh, and I think that Alan made some good points too. There's got to be some common sense solutions, and he put one out, um, you know, uh, with with um, security and, and defense. But you know, when it comes to how much money that that thing costs. Yeah. It's, I mean, how is Texas going to, you know, and I was joking a little bit about the crowdfunding stuff, although that's true. Um, how, how are you going to afford this? Uh, and, and why should that be a burden on, uh, the citizens of Texas versus everybody, right? Because we all benefit from having a secure place, right? It's, it's like paying for your, you know, police and fire departments. I mean, on the federal scale. I mean, it's like, it, it seems to me the most common sense thing. And that's why I, I think Alan and, uh, you know, I, I have this sense in myself that we don't understand why common sense solutions can't can't just be, you know, uh, done here. Like, I, I would tell you this, I read one thing said, uh, this was in the Texas Tribune that said, uh, the border wall costs up to $20 million a mile and the lowest uh, mile so far is $9 million for a private contractor to to uh, to make one mile. And I, I just want to put it out right now. If anybody wants to pay me $9 million, I will go down and defend a mile of Texas border for the rest of my life. And there will not even be a cricket that gets past that, uh, that border. Okay. So anybody who's listening and, you know, I mean, half price, $9 million. I'll, Tom, I'll, do I'll it. split it with you. <laughs> I'll do it. And I think that like if Alan, if you put out like this to every discharge veteran, you would have zero veteran unemployment because every single veteran would take that. And we'd have every single mile of that border, the most heavily defended, def- most the best defended border in the history of the world. And you won't even have to have a wall. <laughs> we'd just be down there. No one would get through. And you'd save a bunch of money.
0: I like it. What do you got, Alan? I like that a lot.
3: Yeah,
2: that does. Yeah, I know a lot of vets, that, would, that especially the ones that have moved here and claiming Texas as their home now because they ain't from Texas, but they love the benefit of being a veteran in Texas. And, uh, yeah, that, there's a bunch of them that are unemployed. They probably come out of retirement to go down there and, and to protect the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can get a Larry probably even come work with us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you know what? I think, I think governor, I think he's doing what he's got to do and I think he was pushed to do what he was, what he's doing. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't backfire on us and cost us somewhere, you know, down the lines through the federal system, but you know, there was promises made. They didn't uphold their promises. Uh, so now the the governor said, you know what? I'm going to build this wall. And you know, I've heard people saying, well, he's, you know, he's getting ready to be, come up for re-election. That's the only reason he's doing it. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I mean, who's, I mean, he'll probably run again, but who's to say he's not got his sights set somewhere else. But, uh, uh, and I think Congress, like you say, they, they're, they're scared to death. that we do get this wall built and we start protecting the border down here, they're going to say, man, Texas don't need us. Texas is going to start putting some folks in this office up here that, uh, that'll take care of Texas and not just sit up here and grow old and have a pension for the rest of their life and Medicare for the rest of their life for free and not do a dang thing for the state. But uh, I think, I think the, uh, the governor's doing what he had to do. And, uh, and I think, you know, I don't think it has to do anything, whether he gets reelected or Mr. West beats him out of office. I don't think it has anything to do with that. Uh, And I think he's doing the right thing
0: alan i agree with you on that and I, I don't think he's sweating mr west and i'll say i think the world of alan west too i don't think he's a bad guy either so i mean i think text is gonna come out either way good on that part uh but uh what was he what else was he supposed to do? uh sit around like maybe nancy pelosi and just graph about it and not do a damn thing i mean honestly go ahead and coach it's all yours what do you got
1: well i just want to say this we only have a few minutes left that uh the- You know, presidential or not presidential, I think that uh, we do need a secure border. I don't know how we're going to do it as a nation that is so divided that in the issue at this point. Uh, I would love to see. I would love to think that there is some kind of uh, great man out there that could lead us together. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, someone that's going to come and bring a lot of these issues together. Um, I, I would love to see that. I don't know if that's a possibility at this point with the division that we have. But I can always dream of that. I dream that the country is first, no matter who you are. And, and hope there's somebody out there. And if it's Abbott or if it's someone uh, DeSantos, if it's someone that's a Democrat, has a D by their name, that's fine with me. But just let's let's, let's have some unity and some of the issues. That's what's best for America and not best for the party. My, my you know, my favorite president was uh, was John Adams. We know that. But his predecessor, John, uh, George Washington, said those famous words on when leaving office. He was terrified of political parties because of the vision that would create. And it, it's like he was the, the real Nostradamus <laughs> of our country to, to see what was coming forward. So, you know, going forward, I just hope that there's somebody with some – there's doesn't there need to be an initial, in it, but I don't care where it comes from that can bring us all together. I'd love to see that.
0: Coach, I agree. I agree. So, we're going to close it out here. Before we do, anybody got anything real quick? Nope. Nope. Going once, going twice. So what you got, Tom?
3: No, I just want to say thanks again. I really appreciate it, guys. It was great talking with you.
0: Yep. Yep. Appreciate it. Okay. So with that, I'm going to say from the coach. You're on mute, coach. To the vet. I'm going to say stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. And here we go.